chapter number 2 and Nehemiah chapter number 9. People have lots of ideas and crazy thoughts when it comes to angels. People worship them. People do, they pray to them. They do a lot of crazy things. And we're just going to look at what the Bible has to say, lay things down on the bottom shelf, make it simple tonight. I also got a question a long time ago when we did those questions through the Bible. Louie asked me a question. And so, and it's a very interesting topic. There's a lot about it. The sons of God marrying the daughters of men in Genesis chapter number 6 and the Nephilim and what all that has to do. And I'm going to give you, because it's taken a long time, I know, Louie, it's almost been a year, right? So I'm going to give you my opinion on that tonight. Not doctrine, my opinion, because the Bible doesn't give a ton of specifics on that. But I will, if that interests you or you wonder about that. Some people think that those uh, giants, the Nephilim there that were mentioned in Genesis 6, were aliens. Some people have other thoughts. And I'm just going to give you a few thoughts later on in the message tonight. So, are we ready? Set. Hebrews 2, verse number 5. The Bible says, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor, and dost set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he hath put all things in subjection under him. He hath left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Take your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter number 9. Nehemiah chapter number 9. And we see some praise given to God here. When you see down in verse number 6, it says, Thou, even thou art Lord alone. Nehemiah 9, verse 6. Thou, even thou art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein, and thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worship thee. The host of heaven, the angels of heaven worship thee. We're going to take some time tonight and talk about angels. I'm going to give you what the Bible says, how we should treat them, what should be done, and we'll see where we get by the time we're done. All right, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll dive in tonight. Father, we're grateful for who you are. Thank you for being our God. I pray that you bless the time that we have here tonight, and I pray that you would be glorified. Help us. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Caroline, it is weird that you're sitting on this side tonight. You never sit on this side. But anyways, all right, here we go. Number one tonight, what are angels? What are angels? It's a baseball team, right? That's what some would say. But as we look at angels, we see letter A, the fact that they are created spiritual beings. They were created by God. The only, think about this, only God was not created. 
God always has been and always will be. He has no beginning. He has no end. So as we look at this and we think they were created beings, what were they created for? We, as we think about this, we see, number one, that angels have not always existed, but God created them. He made them. God made them. And what was their purpose? And I got a couple examples there, not really a blank for you to fill in, but number two, they were created to bear the message of God, protect the people of God, they were implementing the judgment of God, and they offer worship to God. If you study the Bible, you'll see there were several times that angels came down to earth. If you remember before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, there were angels that came and brought the message of God. They also would protect the people of God, and they protect people today. You say, are there guardian angels? We'll talk about that in a few minutes tonight. They also help implement the judgment of God, and they worship God as we see here. That's what they do. And you say, well, what are they? Number three, they are spirits which are sometimes given temporary physical bodies to do specific jobs. And so we see in the Bible there were times where angels came in the form of men. Remember, they went into the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they went as men. And the men of that city wanted to get to know them. There's more we can go down that line. But this is what we see in the Bible talks about in Hebrews 1, where we get this from, Hebrews 1.14. And are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Talking about angels here. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, verse number 2, it says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby... Some have entertained angels unawares. And you never know. That bum on the street corner that's been begging you for money, that could be an angel. You never know. You say, what? we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. But we see the fact that angels were created spiritual beings. Since we're talking about created spiritual beings, I want to take a minute and talk about other kinds, uh, let her be other kinds of heavenly beings that the Bible mentions. The first one that the Bible, the other ones that the Bible mentions besides angels are cherubims. And what cherubims would do, they guard the entrance into the Garden of Eden. After Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden, remember, God set them there to put a watch over the Garden so no one would eat of that tree in the Garden. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, So we drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree to keep the way of the tree of life. It was God's protection. He had the cherubims protecting that. We also see when it comes to cherubims that God is frequently said to be enthroned on the cherubim. And the Bible talks about it on Psalm 18, and he rode upon a cherub and did fly. He did fly upon the wings of the wind. Exodus 25, verse 22 says. And there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony, of all things which I give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. And when we think about them, they were figures covering the mercy seat. And so in the mercy seat down here represented the mercy seat up there. And so we see cherubims. Number two, we see seraphim. Seraphim. 
And they are only mentioned in the book of Isaiah where they continually worship God. That's where seraphim are mentioned. Isaiah chapter number 6. The Bible tells us in verse 2 through verse number 7, Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The earth is full of his glory. So the seraphim are up there in heaven proclaiming the holiness of God. And that's what they do. And then we see not only the other heavenly beings, you have angels, you have cherubims, you have seraphim, and then you also have these other living creatures. And the living creatures, they appear like a lion, an ox, a man, and an eagle. They represent the gospel, really, and they worship God continually as well as the seraphim do. Revelation chapter number 4, verse number 8. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they are full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. There might be some out there that think that the seraphim and these beasts are the same things, but I think they are different. And that's why I listed this way for you here, as we've seen. And so we see the other heavenly beings, cherubims, seraphims, these four beasts, these living creatures. And then we talk about, are, is there an order to the angels? Is there a rank and order? And there is. The Bible talks about that there are archangels. And you would have Michael the archangel, Gabriel. And did you know that Saint Lucifer was an angel? Do you know that? And we'll talk more about him in a few minutes here tonight. But the Bible tells us in Jude one night, yet Michael the archangel. So you see there is some rank in there with the angels. There are higher end angels and other angels. So Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a rallying accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. Isn't it interesting that the devil wanted Moses' body? It was pretty interesting. And Michael was there, and the Lord, and we see that, we see there's some rank there. The Bible talks about, in Daniel chapter number 10, the Bible tells us, Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, and this is talking about, this is spiritual warfare taking place. So the prince of Persia here, the kingdom of Persia, that is, that's demonic power is what that is. Withstood him one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chiefest princes, came to help me, and I remain there with the kings of Persia. Um, we think about angels and the fact that they are ranked, there's order among them. Something else that we see about angels, letter D. Do we have letter D? Where'd that one go in my notes? Angels are not omnipresent. They can't be everywhere at one time. Did you know that? Did you know Satan can't be everywhere at one time? There's only one who's omnipresent. It's God. God can be everywhere at one time. Satan cannot. His demons cannot. And the angels of heaven cannot be everywhere at one time. They're not like God. They were created beings. The Bible tells us 
that in Luke 1.26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. He went to a specific place. I mentioned already from Daniel chapter number 10, the fact that um, Michael was withstood by the prince of Persia there. And so we see the fact that angels cannot be everywhere at one time. Only God can. And with saying that as well, Satan can't be everywhere at once. In the book of Job, remember, he, God, he said, I've been going to and fro in the earth. That's why you have a lot of people say, the devil made me do it. He's not that good. He can't make everybody do something at the same time. And so we see that angels are not omnipresent. Now let's go a little bit further. And I'm just giving you random, some thoughts tonight. Do people have individual guardian angels? Are there guardian angels? Now, all we can do is look at what the Bible says. So I'm going to let you see some verses, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this. So let's look at um, Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. You could also look at um, Matthew 18, verse number 10. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Do you see their angels? That's what it says right there. Do you see that? Or am I making that up? That's what it says. And the Bible tells us in Acts 12, verse number 15, and, uh, and they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was so. And they said, It is his angel. Now, you say, Why would you include that verse? Because some people use that verse to try and say that there are guardian angels. Look at the context there. It has nothing to do with that. They literally said that, remember this was about Peter. They thought that Peter had died. It's his angel. So don't use this verse for a guardian angel. It doesn't work. And so, but people use this. You look up and you look in commentaries and you look up things. This verse always comes up for a guardian angel fact, but this was people speaking, not God saying anything. The best verse to support that there probably are guardian angels was that one in Matthew there that said they're angels. And so God does protect his children. God keeps a watch on his children. And so, I mean, some of you have really messed up your guardian angel, right? Anyways, next, letter F. Angels do not get married. Angels don't get married. So what do you have to back that up? Let's go to Matthew 22, verse number 30. For in the resurrection they shall neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. So they do not get married. Let me give you another thought. Angels do not procreate. Now, this is where I want you to take your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter number 6. And, Louie, I'm going to answer a few things that you've been waiting to hear my opinion on a few thoughts. I'm going to give it to you tonight. You know where I'm going. This is the thing. The funniest thing is you think you know where I'm going. Just watch. Just watch. You think you know where I'm going, but after the service, I want to know if this is really what you thought. So, so Genesis chapter number 6. So look at what the Bible says. It says, And it came to pass that when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, 
and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants. The word Nephilim comes from the word giants right there. That's where it comes from. Talking about this special group of people. They were giants, and they were the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of men, is what we see here. You could also, if you, it's very interesting that you look later on, and that's why the flood came, and you could look at there were other giants later on. And in all reality, the word Nephilim, even if you go to Goliath, it's referring to those giants. Remember when the children of Israel went into Canaan? There were giants in the land. So the whole goal, so I believe one of the things that God wanted in the flood was to get rid of the Nephilim. That was part of the problem. But we see after the fact they were still there. Why they were still there, how they were still there, I'm not going to try and figure out because the Bible doesn't give you a clear answer there. But you look at Goliath, and you think it was a battle between the Philistines and the children of Israel. There was a lot of spiritual battle there, too. And I'll save that. Maybe sometime I'll preach deeper on that thought. But with that in mind, the Bible tells us that, as we read, angels do not marry. And so we know this to be a fact that when Lucifer fell from heaven, he wanted to be like God. He took a third of the angels with him. Now, this is there's so much that we will not ever completely understand because everyone says, well, the angels don't have a will. Then how did they leave with Satan? How did all that work? When you get to heaven, you ask God and you can figure that one out. I'm not going to even give you my thoughts on that because there's nothing in the Bible to talk about that. What really happened there and why. But what we do see is that the, and so the sons of God, there's some thoughts that people have about that. I want you to take your Bibles with me to Job chapter number one. Job chapter one. If it wasn't for Louie, I probably wouldn't even be going this deep into some of this stuff here. And some of you are like, what in the world are you talking about? It's all good. Don't worry about it. But I will go a little bit further here. And I want you to see here in, in Job chapter number one. Look at verse number six. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. So in the Bible, when you see the term sons of God, it's referring to angels that minister. So what people will do is, the theories that people have is, you have the sons of God married the daughters of men. There's two classes of thoughts that people have most of the time. The first class is, and this is where you could go deep and go crazy with things, and we're not going to go deep and crazy. The first thought is that those angels that fell out of heaven with Lucifer married the daughters of men, and they had almost, they had extra strong babies. Almost aliens, some would say, but these were very strong babies. And that's what some people will say. There are others out there that will say that the sons of God refers to Seth's line uh, with Adam. But there are 
there are things that don't line up with that one, just like the biggest, biggest argument I would have for the sons of God being fallen angels marrying women is the fact that Jesus said that they're not given in marriage. So I'm going to give you Brian's opinion because I'm answering Louis's question from a long time ago. I want you to take your Bibles with me to Jude real quick, okay? Jude. There's only one chapter, so if you can't find that one, you're going to be in trouble here. And this is the thing. You might look at me tonight, and you might say, well, I don't agree with you. That's fine. I really don't care. I'm not going to sit around and argue with you about this one. I am trying to answer a question that's been given to me a long time ago. And so that's why I'm even going a little deeper on here than what I normally would. So as we look at the book of Jude, I want you to look with me at verse number where did it go? I had it a minute ago. Okay, where did it go? Okay, verse number 5. It says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you were once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, look at what it says here in verse 6, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, hath, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. There were some of the fallen angels that were so bad that God locked them up in chains. Now, if you study the book of Revelation, I know some of you are like, Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? I know. If you study the book of Revelation, the bottomless pit, remember there's a time the bottomless pit is opened up, and Apollyon is the one that is guarding those in there, and they come out as grasshoppers or like locusts out of the pit. That, that is these demons that are let loose again. But these demons did something so bad that they were locked in chains till the end of time. Now, Brian's personal belief on this. You can think anything you want. And as I said, it's my personal belief because there's, you're not going to back it up with much scripture. I do not believe that demons married women here on earth and had children. I do not believe that the sons of God refers to Seth's line. I like a, a mixture of the two. I believe that those demons, and demons, someone who doesn't know the Lord, people do get demon-possessed, am I right? I believe that those demons entered into men, and that's where that line comes from. Because I don't believe angels can procreate, and I don't believe that it's Seth's line, because neither one of those make a whole lot of sense. So, Louis, that's the best answer you can get from me. I do believe that there were extraordinary people that were made by demons and men together. There you go. And that's my answer for you, and we'll leave that there. There was something special about those people, and there was something, they were giants, they were not normal people. And... When we look and, you know, if you want more explanation than that, I can give that to you some other time. And Caroline's like, are you awake there? Did you get what I said? Yeah, so 
That's my explanation. That's why I've never given that full explanation, but I owed it to Louis. So there you go, Louis. You're welcome. But all that to say, angels don't marry. Okay? The Bible says that, and we're clear. Here's another good one. Here's a question about angels. Do angels have halos, wings, and harps? Right? Isn't that how you see them all? You know, they're playing their harps. They got wings. They've got their halo and everything. If you look at the Bible and what the Bible says, the Bible does teach that angels do fly. So look at Revelation 14, 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. So what we see is we do see that they did fly. And if we keep on looking, you, the Bible doesn't say anything about wings there. Cherubims and seraphims do have wings. So I know my favorite Christmas movie of all time, I really don't think Clarence, if he, he didn't get his wings, because I don't believe angels have wings. The cherubims and seraphims are said to have wings. But you don't see in the Bible anything said about them having wings. And the halo thing, yeah, anyways, we'll leave that one there. So people have a lot of ideas about angels that the Bible never says anything about. And so when we look at this, and let's see what else we can get, the next question is, when were angels created? Are you ready? This is a good one. They were created sometime by the seventh day. Say when? This is what the Bible says in Genesis 2.1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. So sometime in creation, God made the angels. And they were done by day seven. That is the best answer I can give you when it comes to that. We could look around in the Bible and, uh, you know, people have other questions. Do Christians become angels when they die? Nowhere in the Bible is that found. You cannot find that in the Bible. And I know people might like to think that, but there's no mention of that. The fact is, we have been purchased by God, and his blood was shed for us. We are not angels. He didn't die for the angels. He died for human beings. And there's more I could say there, but that's the gist of it. One other thought for you. There's a couple times in the Bible, before we go further, there was the captain of the Lord's host in the book of Joshua. You hear of the angel of the Lord. A great way to decipher between when the Lord is referred to as the angel of God or the angel of the Lord, or when it's an angel, you will notice that like when Joshua, Joshua fell on his face before him as dead. And what did he worship him? John, in Revelation, fell before an angel to worship him, and he said, get up, you don't worship me. So if you ever hear in the Bible the angel of the Lord, or this angel or that, and you see someone worship them, and not told to stop worshiping, it's the Lord. If you see that they are told to stop worshiping, it's not the Lord, just a regular angel. Does that make sense? Alright, so with all that being said, we're almost done here tonight. And, uh, you know, who was it? Um, Maria, you were talking to me about Jacob earlier, right? That's found in Genesis 31, verse number 11. The angel of God spake unto me in a dream. And that, I believe that that was Jesus, that was the Lord wrestling there with Jacob. And
and the Bible's kind of clear on that one, but we were talking about that before the service tonight. And uh, as we look at this, I want to give you some closing thoughts tonight. Number two, our relationship with angels. What, how, what, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do, and what are we not supposed to do? So, letter A, we should be aware of angels in our daily lives. There could be a time where you, there's someone that you, there, there's angels unawares. There could be. Say, so, well, who's an angel and who's not? That's not for me to figure out. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And that's what the Bible tells us. And so you, we need to be, just be aware of that fact. And then there are some cautions regarding our relationship to angels. And the first one is beware of receiving false doctrine from angels. The Bible says in Galatians 1, 8, 1, 8, but we, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And they say, would one of God's angels preach a false gospel? No. But, you know, even Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. And so... If an angel preaches something again or says something different than what the Bible says, that's what 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So you've got to be careful of that. And those, and you have people who said that they've received, you know, further revelation from God or an angel told them things. And if it doesn't go with the word of God... And that might be the book of Mor Moron. No, Mormon, Mormon. Moron, Moron. I, I don't know how I confuse the two. Anyways, that would be a false book. Number two, do not worship angels, do not pray to angels, and do not seek angels. Worshiping of angels is one of the false doctrines, one the early churches had a problem with, the church in Colossae. Bible tells us in Colossians 2, verse number 18, it says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And so we need to be careful with that. We don't worship angels. John, in the book of Revelation, and I mentioned this already, but here's the verse, Revelation 19, verse number 10, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We see the fact that we are to worship God, not angels. We also see as we looked here, we don't pray to angels. There's one mediator between God and man the man Jesus Christ. There is no, you know, there are people who say that Mary can get you your prayers answered. We don't see that found in the Bible anywhere. And in fact, when Mary wanted Jesus to turn the water into wine, Jesus told her, woman, it's not my time. And he did it when the Father told him to, because Mary doesn't have any special privilege. You don't pray to an angel. Praying to angels gets you nowhere. Jesus Christ is the middleman when it comes to God, and there is no one else, so don't pray to angels. And uh, then, you know, well, someone says, well, is it wrong to ask God to send his angels to protect us? I don't know that that's a wrong thing to pray. But you're praying to God, not to an angel. I think you get the difference there. And then... Um, 
lastly, uh, the third thing there in our caution is, do angels appear to people today? And you got to understand, the Bible doesn't tell us that they don't. And I mentioned there are some angels that come unaware, but we also know that Satan himself can transform himself into an angel of light. And just because something claims to be an angel or there's the appearance or an angelic creature of all these things doesn't mean that it's from God. Remember that. Oh, it's, it's an angelic being. It's from God. Well, first off, how do you even know if it's angelic? All I'm saying is the Bible doesn't say that there won't be that still today. But be very careful in the things that you follow and the things that you do. And I know there's someone here tonight they are like, wow, well, I, I have a nativity scene I set up at Christmas time, and there's an angel there. Maybe I need to take your... Do you worship your nativity scene? If you do worship your nativity scene, then go throw it in the trash, okay? You really should if you worship it. If you, if you, and if you feel that it's wrong, you do as the Lord leads you to. But at the end of the day, there is no one like God. And the angels, the Bible says that God made man a little lower than the angels. Angels are created beings. Angels are not human beings. God made us special, and he cares about you. God made the angels as well. And a lot of times when it comes to a lot of things that we do and we think, we take what Hollywood has told us. You would be amazed. You know, like Hollywood would tell you that angels appear all bright and shiny, and they got their white clothes on. And there are some that do at times. But there are other times they come ready to battle. You wouldn't even, you would think, you know, it looks like Rambo going out there, and that's an angel. And then sometimes they, I've never seen an angel with a harp. The Bible doesn't say they do. It is interesting, the only, the closest thing you can get to having a musical instrument in an angel would have been Lucifer. That's a little side note for you. And, uh, but that's it. And so, what I gave you tonight, there's probably a lot more questions than all the answers I gave you. But what I gave you was what the Bible says. And then I gave you one section tonight of Brian's opinion to answer a question for Louie. So don't take Brian's opinion and make it Bible. That's my assumption from what I read in God's word. It is not the end of it. That's just where I stand on it. Father.